Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's Saturday the 9th of September, I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw crumbling concrete chaos, reshuffles and by-election announcements. The UK rejoined the EU science programme and Robbie Williams tells all. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news, but not the news. It was back to school week in England, but thousands of kids were staying at home after more than 100 schools were asked to remain closed due to safety concerns about crumbling concrete. Reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete, or RAAC, was used in lots of public buildings between the 50s and 90s, but it's at risk from structural failure when it gets wet. This week's closures were triggered after a beam collapsed over the summer at a school which wasn't thought to be at risk. It affected nurseries, colleges and hospitals too, and Chancellor Jeremy Hunt said the government will address the problems. As soon as problems have been identified, we start started a huge survey of every single school in the country and I think it's very important to reassure parents that where there is an issue, as soon as we find out about it, we will act. Children's Commissioner Dame Rachel D'Souza thinks more should have been done in advance to avoid the closures. I am extremely disappointed and frustrated that there wasn't a plan in place for this happening. The government might not have known that it would happen this week. Current Education Minister Gillian Keegan hasn't exactly won any awards for her handling of the situation either. In fact, she gave ITV interviewer Daniel Hewitt a piece of her mind on Monday. Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a good job because everyone else has sat on their and done nothing. No, no, no signs of that, no. She apologised for her off-the-cuff comments but has been widely criticised. Meanwhile, Jonathan Slater, the Department of Education's former Permanent Secretary, said Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has questions to answer over his school refurbishment budget decisions as Chancellor in 2021. So the actual ask in the spending review in 2021 was to double the 100 to 200, but the actual decision that the Chancellor took in 21 was to halve the size of the programme. Rishi, however, was not in the mood to take any responsibility while also confirming that this is in fact what happened. I think that is completely and utterly wrong. Actually, one of the first things I did as Chancellor in my first spending review in 2020 was to announce a new 10-year school rebuilding programme for 500 schools. The route continued all week and Wednesday morning began with the government publishing its long-awaited list of which schools are now said to have potentially unsafe concrete. A total of 147 schools were identified, but the actual number is likely to be higher. A PMQ's Labour leader Keir Starmer wasn't surprised and blamed the Tory government. This crisis is the inevitable result of 13 years of cutting corners. It's the sort of thing you expect from cowboy builders. The difference, Mr Speaker, is that in this case, the cowboys are running the country. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak didn't seem to have much of an answer to that, apart from a promise to throw some cash at the problem. New funding will be provided to schools to deal with this issue, but also to ensure that we can get through this as quickly as possible. Labour's Shadow Education Secretary Bridget Phillipson was quick to point out that the Cabinet has been keen to blame everyone but themselves. 
pushing responsibility onto others without powers, without resources, without the support they need, is to very simply pass the book. And my word, there has been an awful lot of it this week. It had been expected that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak would reshuffle his front bench in advance of the new term, but it turned out to be just a micro-reshuffle as he replaced retiring Defence Secretary Ben Wallace and the man who's had a thousand jobs, Grant Shapps. Monday was Labour's turn to hand out promotions and demotions as they prepare for a general election and the prospect of turfing out the Tories. Lisa Nandy and Jonathan Ashworth were two big-name casualties who got bumped off the front bench, creating space for Shabana Mahmood, Liz Kendall and Hilary Benn. Deputy Leader Angela Rayner will be Deputy Prime Minister of Labour win the election with Pat McFadden now in charge of the campaign. New Shadow Culture Secretary Tangam Debonair says it's time to get ready for power. If we're going to tackle climate change, if we're going to give children a great future, we need Keir to feel like he's got the right team around him, we need the right people in post. It turned out to be a tough week for Rishi between concrete, new sewage leaks, a high-profile prison break and now more by-elections loom. The first in Scotland to replace SNP MP Margaret Ferrier. The date of the mid-Bedfordshire poll has also been announced. That's the contest to replace Nadine Dar it's set for mid-October. And former Tory whip Chris Pincher also quit this week after losing his appeal over suspension for drunken groping. That leaves Rishi facing three by-elections and Professor of Political Science Rob Ford said it's his backbenchers Rishi needs to keep an eye on. Conservative backbenchers will get more restive. Uh, they didn't vote Sunak into office, so his legitimacy within the broader party does kind of hinge upon his ability to turn things around. Tuesday also saw Labour leader Keir Starmer hold the first meeting with his new shadow cabinet and it sounded a lot more cheerful. And you are around this table because of four things, your talent, your commitment, your hunger and because I wanted a team that wakes up every morning determined to rise to the challenges that our country faces. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky announced on Sunday evening that he was replacing Defence Minister Olesky Reznikov. He's proposing after 550 days of full-scale war that it's time for change as efforts to clear up corruption in the Defence Ministry continue, although there's no suggestion that Reznikov has been accused of anything and he duly resigned with the new Defence Minister named as Rustem Umarov. Meanwhile, Ukrainian forces have been making steady progress in their counter-offensive and this week it was reported that they've managed to finally breach Russia's first and strongest defensive line near Zaha. Fariza, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kulba says they're making significant gains. If Ukraine was failing, I would probably be the first one to, to speak the truth. But we are not failing. We are moving forward. We, we liberated thousands of square kilometers of our land through minefields with no air coverage. This week also saw Russian President Vladimir Putin meet with Turkish President Erdogan on Monday. On the agenda was the now paused Black Sea grain deal. Turkey is keen to resuscitate the deal, which saw millions of tons of grain shipped to ease a growing food crisis. But Russia's President Putin is demanding an easing of restrictions on their own exports of food and fertilizer first. In terms of security in the region, of course, we will not ignore the issues related to the Ukraine crisis. I know you are going to bring up the grain deal. We are ready to negotiate in this regard. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken popped up in Ukraine on Wednesday on a surprise visit to the war-torn country. He announced a new billion-dollar package of U.S. assistance, including controversial depleted uranium ammunition for Abrams tanks. And he met with his Ukrainian counterpart Dmitry Kulba and the President Vladimir Zelensky. We've seen good progress in the counteroffensive. We want to make sure that Ukraine has what it needs not only 
to succeed in the counteroffensive, but for the long term to make sure that it has a strong deterrent, strong defence capacity. Meanwhile, new UK Defence Secretary Grant Shapps was busy officially declaring the Wagner Mercenary Group a terrorist organisation, meaning it's now illegal to join them. The Defence Secretary also spoke on Sky to K Burley, where he also confirmed that one of the chieftain tanks the UK gifted to Ukraine has been destroyed and won't be replaced. They've got the uh, 14 tanks, or, or one fewer now, uh, and we accept that in a military zone, this is the sort of thing that happens, but we'll always keep uh, you know, what we're providing under close review. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has confirmed that the UK will rejoin Horizon Europe, the EU's flagship science research programme. From Thursday, British scientists can once again apply for grants from the £85 billion programme for their research. The UK is also set to join the EU's Copernicus Earth Observation Satellite Programme, which has been integral in monitoring this summer's weather events, such as the European wildfires. Secretary of State for Science, Technology and Innovation Michelle Donnellan explains how these deals will be well received by the British science community as well as taxpayers. We created a bespoke deal working with the EU, one that will enable our scientific community and businesses to have access to the world's largest research collaboration programme, but also it gives us value for money for the taxpayer. Dr Mike Galsworthy, co-founder of both the Scientists for EU and Healthier in the EU organisations, confirms the deal is a win for scientists. But the leader of Reform UK, Richard Tice, believes the deal goes against the integrity of the EU referendum. The whole of this Horizon programme is about funding the political aims and ambitions of the EU with its failing, low-growth, high-tax, high-regulation model. Why are we doing this? So to come on the stand at seven, it all goes wrong at Burning Man and Robbie Williams opens up. Right after this. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back. 10s of thousands of people were stranded in the Nevada desert while one man died at last weekend's Burning Man Festival as it descended into chaos. It came after flooding from severe rainstorms cut off access to the site and made roads in and out impassable. Attendees were asked to shelter in place and all traffic into the area apart from emergency vehicles was halted. But the festival goers seem to be keeping in good spirits with many taking to social media to make light of the events. Here's one attendee's take on the situation and you thought Firefest was bad. There's about 70,000 people stranded on a barren lake Bed. But fortunately, burners are badass and brought all the supplies we need. We got people who came by bus camped on the edge of the city. They're in pop-up tents and at risk of getting hypothermia. But we don't need outside help. We're going to bind together, get radically self-reliant, dry out the furniture, and keep the party going. The alternative is to fall into despair, roll over, and die. The Rolling Stones are making a comeback. The rock legends held a press conference with Jimmy Fallon and Hackney announcing their first album in 18 years. The remaining trio of Stones paid tribute to late drummer Charlie Watts as they announced the release of their new single, Angry. The new record is called Hackney Diamonds and it includes a track with Lady Gaga. Mick Jagger was happy to give fans all the details. We're here to present our new single, which is called Angry. And Angry is the first single from our new album called Hackney Diamonds, which is why we're in Hackney, and uh, which comes out in October the 20th.
Netflix has been on a good run of music documentaries recently with their Wham! film hitting the top 10 in 23 countries around the world. They're turning their attention to Robbie Williams next, The Black Sheep of Take That, that is getting a four-part series in which he'll talk through his life, career and the various demons he's battled along the way. Robbie says it'll feature sex and drugs and mental illness and it's due to drop later this year. The thing that would destroy me has also made me successful. Touch the fire, touch the button, push when it says pull. All of those things have given me my career, but there's also a detrimental side to it too. Depends which wolf you feed. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world.